On today's Locked On Texan podcast, YouTube comments and Davis Mills feels a whole lot better. What does that actually mean for the success of the Houston Texans offense this season? Cody, let's start the show off right. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. We are super excited because in a couple of weeks, Cody will be at training camp bringing mm. the Houston Texans right to your front door. Who's making it? Who's going to get cut? How those coaches are operating out there? How the players feel in that heat at Texas? He all of that. <laughs> will be on the Locked On Texan podcast. And I'm going to tell you why I'm a little excited. Early in the week on our Tuesday show, Cody and I discussed the veterans that can possibly have a great impact on this team's success this season. I went with Malik Collins, and I also wanted to go with second-year defensive lineman Roy Lopez. Cody went with Ross Blacklock, and, of course, we're going to dive into the YouTube comments. Don't worry about that. But – when we look at the success of this team this year, guys, I can't stress this enough. It starts in July. Honestly, it started a long time ago. <laughs> but moving forward, Larry Tunsil, Titus Howard at the tight end at the tackle position. AJ Can, who you know was brought over from Jacksonville, paired with George Warhop. He's battled injuries, and and you also have to question whether or not Houston, towards the end of the draft, uh, made the right decisions. Justin Britt, how is he going to fare in his second year as a Houston Texan? Now that you know things around him are a little bit are a little bit leveled, so this training camp is going to be very important. There's so many question marks to this franchise that need to be answered, starting with. Can Lovey Smith still actually coach in the NFL and be successful at it? David Cully coached in the NFL as a head coach. Wasn't necessarily that successful at it, but I do want to slide over to the YouTube comments. And speaking of Lovey Smith, I thought this was a very interesting uh, topic. Well, comment, Cody. Texans may be grooming Pep to take over when Lovey retires. That was a comment mm. by Slow to Roll four days ago. That is actually a very interesting topic because that is not the first time I heard that. And it doesn't matter if it's other people reporting that I'm listening to or reading. It doesn't matter if it's people that I'm actually talking to, if it's people that I'm talking to who actually had an opportunity to work with Pep Hamilton. The one thing that people always talk about is Hamilton's aspirations to be an NFL head coach. They talk about how good he is as a position coach we, they talk about how good he was as the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis. We are expecting him to still be just as good, if not better, as the offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans this coming season. But as a head coach, John, that is something that I'm starting to hear a little bit more often. And it's going to be interesting to see whether or not if Pep Hamilton is going to be an opportunity to going to have an opportunity to take over as the Houston Texans next head coach, because look, Lovey Smith has a what three or four year deal. 
if I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere along those lines. And I am expecting Lovey Smith to be around for at least two of those years. With that being said, at some point, the Texans are going to start looking at who's going to take over for Lovey Smith. And I do believe Lovey Smith is going to get this team in a position, like I mentioned a couple months ago, if not in a position where they're competing to the playoffs or close to it, he's going to lay down the foundation. And there's one thing I do know about Nick Casario. He is a guy who, who, who is going to take care of his guys first. Pep Hamilton, that's his guy. And if he can get this offense in a position to where they are actually putting points on the board, they are actually moving the ball down the field, I would not be surprised if 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 in the next two, maybe three years, we are sitting here talking about Pep Hamilton as the new head coach for the Houston Texans. That is a very interesting theory, John. Ian Salazar, he commented that, I'm so upset we lost Charles Omenihu. In 2020, he started five games and got 17 tackles and 16 QB hits, four sacks, five tackles for loss. He has the potential to be a great player in the league. PFF has him as a breakout candidate this upcoming year. Could have really been help, helpful to our uh, to the need of our pass rusher. Amenahu, who is a guy out of Texas, you know mm -hmm. how we do right there. Uh, he, he is a player that I hated left. Houston has a bunch of players like that, though. Like Jalen Strong is a player that I hated didn't work out here in Houston. Braxton Miller is a player that I hated didn't work out in Houston. Foreman, Deontay Foreman, he's another player that I hated didn't work out here in Houston. Kiki QT, he's from Texas. Another player that I hated did not work out in Houston. And when I look at a lot of these players, the common denominator and factor is just how this, this franchise was ran. Uh, we look at Bill O'Brien and his issues with playing rookies and getting those guys really adjusted to the NFL game. One thing mm -hmm. about Bill O'B, he was terrible at that. He was terrible with getting rookies adjusted to the NFL, and he was always very particular about starting rookies in times where they should have been starting. Uh, you know, I, will look, I always go back and point to Tom Savage starting game one of the NFL season when they just drafted Deshaun Watson. <laughs> You know, that he took had him a moments, half? Yeah, after Savage got hurt. But he had moments like that. But Omenahu is another player that I thought Houston, they needed time with one another. And it's not all on the Houston Texans. When when Omenahu started tweeting and things started happening, how they happened, I do think that that left a bad taste in the mouth of Nick Casario, who was just trying to come in and, and rework this culture. And I also think Jack Easterby was helping with that. Uh, but overall, I agree that uh, I mean, who should still be a Texan? Also, Jalen Johnson, 0339, uh, he commented that, yes, also a huge year for Jonathan Owens. Mm. Cody talked about him and Eric Murray as well. Hopefully, Owens can make a huge leap because the safety position is not very good. And I 100% agree. And I'm going to echo the same words that I echoed on Tuesday. At the end of the day, the more guys like Eric Murray and Jonathan Owens can go out there and give the Texans some great production, that's actually going to help Jalen Petrie develop in the NFL. I understand and I get it. I think he has an opportunity to establish himself in the near future as one of the top defensive backs in this league. However, same thing with Derrick Stingley. 
they're all going to have to go through a learning curve. And the best way for them to go out there and actually learn, to go out there and actually survive their learning curve is if they can actually depend on their veterans both on and off the field. And what I don't want to see happen is for Jalen Petrie to go out there and basically be the lone safety trying to do everybody's job, i.e. like we used to see in Justin Reed. I don't want to see that for, for Petrie. And like I keep mentioning, the more Jonathan Owens, the more Eric Murray could go out there and, and, and provide something to that defensive backfield, it's just going to work out for everybody involved. Shout out to my boy Joe Lee, man. He said that Roy Lopez, which is actually a fact, Roy Lopez ranked the number one defensive tackle in the NFL against the run per PFF. Houston has a great building block in Lopez. And, 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 and the national stage, I don't think they know how good he can be. Again, I've always compared him to Vita Vea. And in your rookie year, you have a 60% win rate against the run as a rookie that was drafted in the later rounds. Yeah, that speaks volumes to how good Lopez can actually be. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline continue to be your source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest Way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sticking around to the Locked On Texan podcast. Davis Mills feels like the Houston Texans are in a much better position than what they were last year. And I want to shout out my boy John Crumpler over at the Texan Wire, had an opportunity to speak with Davis Mills. When he spoke with him, Davis Mills had a little bit to say. He said that I think we're heading in a really good direction, and I feel like at least compared to this time last year, we're in a much better position. Everyone has that optimism and confidence from this offseason, and we are excited to get into training camp this summer to continue in that direction really haven't heard much out of davis mills however whenever we have it's been pretty good things and i I love to hear this from davis mills i love the fact that he acknowledged two points in his career so far last year (laughs) and this year last year wasn't really good this year we're in a whole you know much better situation and uh training camp again is around the corner it's mm-hmm. very important for Davis Mills in his year to leap. Cody, for you, what does that mean? To hear him say uh, the optimism, the confidence from this time last offseason, they're excited to get into training camp. The biggest thing for me, at least, it validates something that I've been talking about a lot here on this show. And that's just the overall atmosphere for this organization. You know, you move on from Deshaun, you bring in Lovey Smith, you have Pep Hamilton. Um, the Texans actually have football-minded guys building this roster and setting a new culture for this organization. I talked about that a lot, John, but for Davis Mills as a quarterback who is going to battle with 
52 other men at the start of the 2022 NFL season. He's also confident in the talent that he is playing with. You look at the you look at on the offensive side of the ball, he has a better offensive line. He has a better he has better production coming out of the backfield. The wide receiver in core, because Nico Collins has looked damn good, and I do believe damn good, along with keeping the likes of Brandon Cooks. His, his wide receiving core is going to be better than what he had last year when he's not on the field. We talked about this earlier in the week. Even though they did not address the defensive line like we wanted to in the draft, there is still some great talent on that defensive line. And, of course, the secondary with the addition of Peachy, with the, with the addition of Stingley, the overall production for the Houston Texans is going to be 10 times better. And that is important because that also goes along with the new atmosphere and just having everything new about the Houston Texans in 2022. I love that statement, John, and I do believe that he's looking at it from a talent standpoint. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, and and I say how that pause was, but I say that because you mentioned everything around him. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the confidence in himself that young man may have. Mm. Let's talk about him not necessarily being more talented, but just being more confident to show off his talent, mm -hmm. right? Look at it like this. Last season, not only was he thrown into the fire, but he was also thrown in with not a lot of time under his belt. Mm -hmm. right? if, if, Davis, if Davis Mills coughed twice and sneezed four times, that is the amount of time he's been in the NFL. Now, this year, you've worked with Pep Hamilton for an entire year now. You've worked with and been around Lovey Smith for an entire year now. Some of those guys, like Danny Beard, that w was there last season, you've been around this coaching staff at the facility, away from the facility, with your guys that you're working out with. You've been around as a Texan for a year. And so imagine year one at your job as a writer. You're nervous sometimes, don't know when to push the envelope, don't know when to attack a story. Now a year in the game, you've been able to kind of look around and know when and when not and understand how to make a story pop. Same goes for Davis Mills. And so you like to highlight the talent around him. I like to highlight just him having that confidence in himself now and he going into a place and position where he's able to bring out his own talent as well. And along those same lines, John, how much of that confidence builder that you just finished talking about, how much do you believe that also goes into the work that he's putting in with Pep Hamilton? Oh. Because, look, I understand that it was voluntary OTAs. I understand that it was a mini camp. But the things that I was starting to notice Davis Mills do, working alongside Pep Hamilton, I just know that this offense is going to be 10 times better. And it's and not if, just Pep he's working with, man. Remember oh, yeah, most, most definitely. He had, uh, you know, your, your receiving group out there with him mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so he's been back and forth between Houston and Atlanta working out. Uh, listen, man, you got to credit <laughs> all the work to the, to the work, like all the success to this work. Now, of course, we got to see it to believe it. The NFL oh, yeah. and defenses are very complex. I get it. But 
Your question is how much do I all of it? He's putting in that work day in and day out. I like what this young man could do. You know what my only wish is? If I had one wish, that wish would be if the Houston Texans can just get better looking jerseys. Like, I, like, I, mean, I, I never had a problem with their jerseys. I, 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 I love, never did. I love the red. I love the red joints. I love those red, the colorless jerseys. Mm-hmm. But listen, man, I think those old jerseys are tainted a little bit, considering what's been going on in this franchise the last couple of seasons. And I think that this team can move away from being so conservative. Get a little bit more creativity going on down there at the NRG Stadium with those jerseys, and and let's be a little bit more fun. That's all I want. Like, <laughs> let's 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 put Davis Mills. Let's swag him out a little bit. Let's let's do that. I just I'm tired of the Houston Texans jersey. But back to Davis Mills. Listen, this guy is saying all the right things. He's doing all the right work. He's working out with the right people. September. Really, before September, August 13th, we'll be able to see how much of it has paid off. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. And before we close out, John, in the first segment, you talked about Charles Aminihu, how you and the listeners still felt that he still should be a Houston Texan. In the second segment, we talked about Davis Mills and how he feel that this organization is a complete 180 from where it was this time last year. I'm so glad you said 180. I thank God. You said 180 and not 360. I'm sorry. Well, 360, that's one thing I, I don't understand because 360 means that you're going to be back in the same situation. But, and I really do think that this is an important topic to discuss. As you all know, the last two years, we have seen so many talented players leave this organization. Yeah. And thankfully, it did not take this organization long to get back a lot of promising players. And if if the development and everything works out in the Texans' favor, you're talking about they're going to have several players at the top of their position within the next, what, three to four years possibly? With that being said, John, given how Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, hell, even Cal McNair – getting the mindset to go in and just let football-minded guys run this organization, especially on the field. Do you or do you not believe that the Houston Texans are now in a position where they are going to be able to keep their talented players? Because everything look all fresh and, and, and happy and stuff now, but eventually we all know how superstars, talented players get to the point where they, they get disgruntled with the organization, whether that be, you know, like in the Houston Texans case, you know, stuff going on behind closed doors or contract situations or, you know, just wanting to be in a more winnable environment, whatever the case might be. I'm bringing this up now because at some point in the next three to four years, 
I just don't want to be sitting here talking about the Texans losing Nico Collins, losing Davis Mills, losing Derek Stinley, losing Jelly Petrie, or, or whatever the case might be. I, I, I truly believe that they are now in a position where they can actually keep their talent, talented players. And I think that's why they drafted the way that they did. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I look at Derek Stingley as of right now as the only player that I can see within the next three years, you know, the Texans and Stingley are at, you know, a contract extension talks mm-hmm. for a rookie deal. Uh, with Davis Mills, he, he's a quarterback that I really do like. However, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he's there just yet. But Stingley is the one guy that I say, well, you know, in a few years, they're going to have to pay him if he pans out to be the cornerback that everybody thinks he can be. Outside of that, you know, when you look at a lot of their players, like a Nico, like a Roy, like a even some of those veterans that they sign, like I, I think they could bring back Desmond King on another part of a, a new contract, right? You look at Titus mm-hmm. Howard. That deal is going to have to get done eventually as well. I think Houston will bring back Titus Howard now that they have him established at right tackle. So I'll, I'll say this. It's kind of funny. When Houston started to win games, that's when they players left, right? Whenever, <laughs> like, whenever yeah. they went, they, they made the 24-0 run, that playoff, and everything was looking good, then Watt's gone, uh, you know, Hopkins gone, Watt, Watson's gone. Uh, Gibson is going like all of those good players that they had on that year on that roster that year ended up leaving. But, you know, I, I do think Houston will be in a much better situation because I think the foundation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think that the culture we've talked about for the, the last 365 days, probably 365 times. I think the culture may be a whole lot better. And mm-hmm. I believe that, with the players that they intentionally drafted that will also play into how contract season is going to work out. So, yeah, I think Houston is in a much better situation. But they were also in a great situation the first go-round for J.J. Watt extension, the first go-round for DeAndre Hopkins. When things were just starting to look promising and what happened was Bill O'Brien and the, the chaos that was caused. They can't afford for that to happen again, and I don't think it will. I think that moving forward, this will be a football first team. And if you're not with that program, then, well, maybe we'll move on from you. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Share it as well with your family and friends to the Locked On Texans podcast. Find us on YouTube under Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>